watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed old store owner, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed me from another time, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed heart-shaped mole, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the premiere anime podcast where we're talking about mid-2000s mega-hit, The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, and we're watching in broadcast order. So if you're following along on Crunchyroll, that means today's episodes that we cover are episodes 28 and 4, because this show aired out of order when it originally aired. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about these two episodes because I think they showcase the dual strengths of Haruhi Suzumiya as a show. Let's just talk about how chaotic this is. <laughs> the first episode we're talking about chronologically functions as the series finale. And the second episode is like part four of the intro. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really disorienting. At, at the beginning of episode 28, and, and this is further proof that the show is meant to be watched in this order. Uh, Kyun says, uh, it's been six months since I met Haruhi. And he wouldn't say that if it was just a show that was supposed to air chronologically no i'm with you i i think that's that's absolutely backed up by the evidence i i i am curious as if there is a physical release of this that has the episodes in the correct order and the dual previews that we talked about previously i'm not sure if something like that exists but i'd be i'd be interested i don't know about the previews but the i do know that there is a dvd or maybe blu-ray set that has the chronological and broadcast orders separate Wow. Which would be nice. But before we talk about The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, episodes 28 and 4, <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's what I, I love this show because it's got a lot of life and it's got a little mischief. It's, it's, More it's than a doing little, a yeah. little poking. It's poking at us a little bit and I don't mind it. Uh, before we, we get to that though, it's always nice to check in with one another and find out what we've been weaving. So, guys, I'd like to know what you've been weaving. Uh, is is Ash gonna? Yeah, is Ash is Ash here? I or haven't I, seen him. Just waiting for Ash to to join the the video call here. Well, um, what's interesting? What's actually interesting about this? Uh huh. Is that I think Ash might be victim to a bit of what I would call uh, Haruhi Suzumiya-ing because something big happened to Ash. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. But and then he an was episode fine that the week after. He was fine with no mention of it, perhaps because the order was shifted in some way. Oh, interesting. And now so, maybe what happened with, uh, with Ash two weeks ago, which was a... a, a, a a uh, DWI involving a poke car. Yeah. Perhaps. Hey, hey guys, reason. sorry I'm late. I'm oh, wow, so okay. sorry oh. I'm late. You're never going to fucking believe what I found on the hood of my poke car today. Oh, boy. I don't know if I want to hear this. Kind of kind of convenient you'd show up right as we were figuring out what was going on. I found a parking ticket on my poke car. Oh, oh wait a, a second. Parking I'm ticket. Parking ticket. The piece of shit that did this to me. And I'm going to give them a what for. I'm going to show them who I am. 
who I really am. I'm not just a Pokemon master. I'm also a vindictive son of a bitch who won't forgive and won't forget. This is so temporarily disorienting. Yeah. So Ash seems to be hinting at a future for him that is a past that we already have experienced. Yes, exactly. And I past. Think... What what are you talking about? I, d- I don't worry about it. Just uh, hey, just just think Do long and hard before you get behind I'm that wheel hit again. The bar. Yeah. And I'm oh no. Oh, fuck Ash, some no. Shit up. Ash, take uh, an Uber. Yeah. Ash, take, take public Uber. transit. All this, all this time bending stuff. It sounds like maybe Dialga and Palkia are in the mix. Is that what's going on? You got some? Are they? Are there time type Pokemon? No, but they sort of like. There are some Pokemon later on in the series that are basically have god powers. Got it. And they have the manipulate. They have the power to manipulate time and space. What? Look. I'm gonna go hit the bar. You guys, you guys got this. You guys, you guys yeah. gonna what? What have you been weeping, Matt and Nick and Heather? I choose all three of you. Oh wow, okay. Fuck some shit. Well, okay, okay, oh okay. I'll mine's quick. I'll just get it out of the way because it's something I haven't done yet. Tonight, as of recording, I'm going to go see a film in the movie theater. Wow. Ca- called Shin Kamen Rider. Oh, wow. And which is directed by our boy Hideaki Hano. Nice. Of Evangelion. Nice. A- and they showed it for one night only a couple of, like last week. And I guess it did well enough that they added a second night. So I was like, I have to go see this. I don't know anything about Kamen Rider, or, and I've never seen one of uh, Hideaki Hano's movies before. Uh, but I'm going, and I'm very excited. And that's my update. I will be seeing a movie tonight, and I'll report back on it later on. Well, nice. maybe maybe on next week's episode, which will come out last week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, this You'll hear about it in the, next, uh, in the actual next canonical uh, episode of this show. It's worked out now. It'll be well, fun. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Heather, what have you been weaving? Uh, it's been, you know, it's been a couple of, uh, of thin weeks as I, uh, got resituated in my life. Um, I haven't been weaving much. I built a model kit, uh, a a Gundam model kit, um, that's a small scale one. And that's it. That's all I've done. Like a very small scale Gundam model kit. I can show you guys if you want. Yeah, I want to see that shit. What if we were like, ah, no thanks. <laughs> Either stepping away. Oh, where are you seeing that, Matt? What theater? Uh, I'm see- Now that I have seen... Uh, well, yeah, by the time they hear this, I'll be long gone. Uh, I'm seeing <laughs> it at the uh, the Americana at Brand. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Look at that guy. Oh, look at that look. little guy. Very little cute. Guy. A very, very, very tiny uh, Gundam that is supposed to represent the one in Yokohama. He comes out of his little cage. That's it. Cage does a lot to make him look bigger somehow. Yeah. Do you think if yeah. you move him as the figure, he moves in real life at at the at the real I one? I hope not, because I just killed a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been eyeballing figures because that's not something I've ever done. I've never built anything like that before. But every time I see one, I'm like, ah, that'd be. I think I could. 
sink some time into building a, a model. That'd be kind of fun, I think. Fun to do things with your hands. You ever hear about a Rod Stewart's model train obsession? No. The pop star Rod Stewart just absolutely fucking loves model trains. And he just like spends all of his spare time building them. And he's also like, I'm not even that good at it. I just love it so much. That's great. And, and he has just like this amazing train set. And he like sometimes has has it travel with him. Uh, and just like, you know, is always like curating his little... I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of how one of those things goes together, but like you know, you're building a whole town, you're building a whole environment, yeah. and it, you, your train goes around on it. I don't know. Anytime you, it's it's the same shit as Gundam, it's just a different audience. Gundam is trains for sure. No, it's yeah. the same. Uh, have you ever? There's at the at the Pomona Fairplex. There's uh, a little like model train like village outside, and it's it's pretty big. But I went to go look at it. Uh, when I was there not long ago, and I was like, "Oh, like this is sort of secretly something that I love. I love looking yeah. at a train set. It's so fun. I could never. I don't have the space to do something like that, and I don't think I would be the guy to make it. But if somebody very passionately was like, "Do you want to see my train set that I put all this time and money and effort into?" I'd be like, "Please show me and tell me everything about it. I'd love to see it." <laughs> there is a a. a attraction in japan called i think tiny world or something like that mm -hmm. that just is a, a a huge number of like my small sets of, like oh here's a model of all of tokyo and they also have evangelion themed tiny worlds oh, cool. so you can see an eva launch mm -hmm. in a scale replica of the um underground neo cool. tokyo 3 thing i'd the love Geo to see Rock. that yeah. That's rad. I think that they should release uh, Gundam models in... Because isn't train scale like a standard scale? I think I so. I mean, I don't really know about it, but yeah, that would make sense. So I, I wish they would release Gundams at train scale mm -hmm. so that you could... Put the, like you could put them in the dioramas and they'd be the correct size. It would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Yeah, they should do it. Riding them like little roller skates. Yeah. That's cute. That is cute. <laughs> hey, speaking of Gundam, as we discussed on last week's <gasps> episode, I began watching Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin on Hulu. Wow. Uh, I watched episode one, Blue-Eyed Cosval, and it is, let me just say this. I had no idea that the show is basically Game of Thrones. I didn't real like oh. like is that just the the I don't know if that's just the origin or if that's all of Gundam, but I had no idea it had so much to do with like warring families and palace intrigue, and it is and that it was so like kind of dark and you know just politically oriented because it is. Yeah, it's so I I think that it is all of those things. Mm -hmm. It is never not politically oriented. One of my favorite things that happens in Gundam, uh, I think this isn't a spoiler, but maybe it is, but not really, is that there are no good guys. Like, as time goes on, because this fucking show has lasted 40 years, there are no good guys because hmm. global politics is such that if you're going to map this fantasy space opera over global po political intrigue, like, 
good guys in World War II are the fucking Americans who show up and start beating the shit out of the Nazis. But if you are in Vietnam just a few years later, you're not going to think of the Americans as the good guys. And mm -hmm. that's part of why Gundam, I think, is so addictive. Or even just living in Dresden or Hiroshima, one of these cities that was like, you know, ferociously bombed by the yeah. Allied forces. It's yeah. like, you know, like so many civilian deaths were as a result of American military intervention um, in the so-called good war. It's yeah, it, it's a that's that's a that's a great way to put that's a great framing. And that 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 makes sense is the way this because like. I, even watching this, it's like, okay, they sort of are setting up one of the families, and much like Game of Thrones, a lot of names, having trouble tracking them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't. That won't get any easier, yeah. <laughs> in part because Gundam names are fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, are the Rawls good? I don't fucking know. Uh, and are there Rawls? Or did I, did I hear, mishear that? I don't fucking know. Uh, either way, there, there, there are like multiple identical-looking um, blonde, blue-eyed Aryan characters that are like different people, and I was like, "That's confusing. I don't know what's going on here." Uh, but it is like it is so. It's like really violent. Like it starts with a a, a there are protests in the street, and there's like a there's like an assassination, and then a retaliatory car bombing, and they are they are sending out mechs to quell protest and like you know stomp civilians. I'm like, this is fucking a lot grittier. But then there's also like horses, and I'm like, all right, I'm I, like I'm in for all of this. This is great. Uh, the, the the things that stood out for me: one, there is a like there is like a precocious looking youth who just ends up having to like be like a complete a, a, I'm saying Game of Thrones again but it's just such a it's it's so clearly reminds me of it of just like having to kind of stand up for himself and like to an adult authority figure who is threatening his family and threatening his life and like having to like embody defiance to that um it's just like a really striking thing to 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 see and then and you know because it is also like so much about like nobles and and warring families and shit that sometimes it's like the per the the power broker within this family is a is a is a child um and then there is there was also a part where a guy gets so one of the the people who survives the car bombing um gets so enraged by something that happens he has all these like stitches on his face and he just gets so mad that all the stitches pop and he just starts exploding blood out of his face i was like jesus christ what the fuck <laughs> this is nasty and also insane someone came up with that um and then there's another there's like a female character and it's one of those things where like she's just receiving exposition but she's just like sitting up topless in bed and I'm like, I thought this was like a kid. I I really thought Gundam from an outsider. I thought I thought this was like more of like a kids show, but this is very much going for like an adult audience with how much much blood and lascivious content it is. And it wasn't one of those things where it's like, oh, she's like talking to her romantic partner, so maybe it's like a little gratuitous, but it's earned. It was like. She was like learning something from the news. It was like you could be at your desk, like, <laughs> sitting there with your fucking tatties out. Uh, but that said, I loved it. I thought it was a fucking hour long. I was like, these episodes are an hour. Uh, it's great. Hour four minutes of of of, of political intrigue uh, and and mechs. And there is a great like Carl Sagan pale blue dot moment when they're pulling out from the. It's a bunch of space stations that the space noids live on, basically, right? Is that function yeah. was happening? Yeah, and there's they Earth, and then there are 
sides are what they're called. They're space stations that orbit on a side of Earth. So they they they're they're leaving one of these. They're like one of the 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 families is is exiled, and they're leaving this, and they're looking back down at the side apparently, and they're just like, that's what we've been fighting for, or like that's what where we lived, and it's like yeah yeah, all this conflict is taking place on this like shitty little you know semi enclosed hub, uh that 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 humanity is is fled to because it's like poisoned the earth. And it's one of those things, all this for what, you know, uh, which I think is great if, if if it's all just talking about like all the all the, the bloodshed to what end. I'm I'm always in for that sort of, you know, uh, that that sort of anti-war theming. So, yeah, I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to keep watching this whole miniseries. Uh, all one, six of episodes. The, one of the fun, the, the exciting joys of Gundam is that because they were all made out of order, hmm. the story continues but the animation styles very wildly, but the characters are the same. So in Gun of the Origin, there are a bunch of characters who look like, they've got like kind of 1970s haircuts. Yes, for sure. And that's because they continue in the 1970s show, Mobile Suit Gundam. Oh, wow. So the characters remain the same. And when they show up in Mobile Suit Gundam, you're like, like for me, because I watched it chronologically, I was like, Holy shit, it's that guy. And I know like everything about him. Yeah. <laughs> like watching Mobile Suit on its own, I think would have been fine, but less thrilling and like intoxicating than knowing the entire history of a person who shows up on the bridge and being like, oh, fuck, who knows who this is? Do any of these people know who this is? This is fucking great. <laughs> God, I fucking love Gundam. Uh, the scoring is great too. Yeah, we're 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 in the age of Tears of the Kingdom, but this one has some like awesome saxophone in the soundtrack. This this really like mm-hmm. symphonic scoring, but with with some sax work, uh, and it's just like, oh man, that fucking it's it's, just, it's 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 epic feeling. It fucking rules. It's yeah. great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'll keep watching and I'll keep updating. Uh, but right now we've all continued to watch the melancholy of Harui Suzumiya. So we are going to talk about episode, first episode 28, Someday in the Rain. So Someday in the Rain is canonically the final episode of the entire show. It happens right before the movie, (laughs) I think. Uh, And this episode is, I think, basically about what the world is like without Haruhi's influence. It is like the the genre slice of life can't hold a candle to this episode, which is so slice of life that there are multiple shots which are just a character reading. Yes, like yeah. not not like not like oh oh they're reading and and like it's just a still shot of somebody reading and it makes you feel I think a longing for something to happen which is makes you prepares you emotionally for the next episode uh episode 4 in broadcast order it's episode whatever the fuck episode this is so this is an episode where it's winter <laughs> and kion says like you know it's been 6 months uh since i uh since i since since i met haruhi 
And uh, Haruhi's like, hey, it's fucking freezing in here. We need a heater for the club room. And Kion, you're going to go get it. And he's like, I, I don't want to go get that. And she's like, no, no, no. I talked to the guy. He's a sponsor from the uh, from the f- short film that they made that was at the first episode of the show. Yes. yes. And he's got a uh, a heater in the back that they didn't sell last year. And now they can't get rid of it, so we're just we're just gonna go take it off his hands. And he's like, "That's a hike down the hill and two train stops to go get this fucking heater." And she's like, "Do it." And he's like, "All right, fine." Um, and while he is away, Haruhi is like, "Great, now I can take more pictures of Mikuru," <laughs> and starts <laughs> throwing a bunch of different outfits on Mikuru and taking photos. And every time it's time to like strip Mikuru down, uh, Yuki Nagato stands up and basically gets into shot so that we, the audience, aren't witness to uh, them titties. Yeah, the shot is from... uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Could have said it better myself. Uh, The shot is from inside the locker. So it's like from inside... Uh, or inside a locker or on a shelf, yeah. And and so like we're seeing, uh, it, it, we're seeing Yuki just like put books in a and, like there there have been like all sorts of obscure and nudity like obscuring nudity gags, yeah. Like in you know Austin Powers, but this is like a really clever way to stage that. So uh, so she's got to take photos of Mikuru because they're gonna make a DVD cover for their uh for their for their short film. And you cut from Kion's adventure where he is just quietly making it across town to pick up this heater to the club room. And that's the entire action of the episode is that uh, that Yuki is reading. Haruhi is taking photos of Mikuru. Eventually, she finishes doing it and leaves the club room with Mikuru for who knows what. Kion goes all the way to this store where they shot their ad. The guy reveals, he's like, oh, yeah, the rambunctious girl told me you guys are going to make a second episode. So this is a down payment on our sponsorship for, like, clearly right. he has just lied to this guy. Um, And so Kion gets the heater, starts heading back, runs into some friends. It starts to rain. Uh, He gets all the way back, uh, sets up the heater and falls asleep. And then he wakes up and Haruhi, some, he's got two cardigans on himself. Uh, and Haruhi has put him in one of her cardigans to keep him warm. And she wants her cardigan back and he doesn't know who the other cardigan was from. Was it Mikuru, or was it Yuki? But somebody else was also kind to him, and then Haruhi saw it and got jealous and did it herself. Uh, and then um, she's like, you want to walk home? It's raining. And Kion's like, sure. I don't have an umbrella. And she's like, don't worry, I've got one. They get under the umbrella. Kion notices that it's the teacher's umbrella. And Haruhi's like, yeah, don't worry about it. If if you're a student, you can use a teacher's umbrella. Right. And this sweetness by her at the end of this episode 
almost makes you forget that she's a full psychopath. Yes. It almost makes you empathize with her. Because you're like, oh, maybe she just needs something. Maybe this this girl just needs love or attention or something. But then you remember the staggering number of lies she has told in the episode. <laughs> just this episode. And also, like, the harassment of Mikuru. And the show, oh, it's so close. It's so close to making you be like, oh, Haruhi, good job. Um, Before she grabs the umbrella away from Kyon, putting him in the rain, and is like, sticks out her tongue and pulls down her eyeball, uh, like her eye skin. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of, theoretically, the end of the series. It's a really slow-paced episode. Uh, you, you basically described all of the action. Yeah. But each of these individual scenes, like, really take their time. Like, there will be just, like, you know, 15 seconds of real time of Kion just, like, descending a hill. And it's just sort of like, here is all the negative space when Harui is not around. And here's, you know, like like you were talked about how all the characters reading, like there's a lot of stuff just within the club room that is shot from high angles, basically like surveillance camera footage. And you're just sort of like watching these people just sort of sit around and do nothing, except, of course, when Harui is there and then she's dressing She's making Koizumi hold up a bounce board and, you know, is is forcibly undressing uh, uh, Mikuru and, and dressing her back up in various cosplay and, and taking cheesecake photos of her to some end. It, it's like, but yeah, largely what's happening is that Kion has an errand to get him out of the picture and then reunites with Haruhi and then it's like she kind of shows some tenderness towards him. I don't know, it, it's interesting because like there's like also an act of tenderness early in the episode where Mikuru gives Haruhi her like his her scarf. It's like it's cold out and puts it on him and he's just wearing the scarf for a big part of the action. Um and then, you know, obviously ends up with the cardigans at the end. This episode was written by uh uh Nagaru Tanigawa who's the guy who wrote the light novels. And it's the only episode that he writes. Oh, interesting. Um, which I also think it's the only episode that isn't theoretically from a light novel. Mm. It's like a standalone original canonical event. Um, also, Kion is playing a card game with Koizumi at one point, And that card game's a real card game that was discontinued in 2015. Wow. But I like that they were playing an actual game. Just yeah. yeah, that's rad. Nice little I, detail. It looked interesting. I like I did sort of like <laughs> uh when they were playing it, sort of being like, well, it kind of looks like a, what, what are they doing there? Uh the thing that struck me about this episode, we're talking about what these characters are doing when Haruhi's not making them do what she wants to do. Yeah. And they're just doing whatever they want whether it's reading or playing this game or going to run this errand or whatever. And it's like, I don't know, something about that felt significant, just watching them exist without having to like do something that this lunatic is telling them to do. It, it gives you, I think, a, a, a feeling of... Like when you... There, because the show is so 
uh, meta, right? It's so mm. it's such a commentary on uh, anime and uh, like her her Haruhi undressing uh, Mikuru and shouting things like, "This is the only way we're gonna sell DVDs." is like on the nose for why the show includes Mikuru in order to sell copies of the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Right. But also it's this episode is meta is meta commentary on or it's I I really do think it's supposed to invoke like a feeling of restlessness and and melancholy in us. Like that's why it takes place in the rain is because we kind of want something nuts to happen because that's the show we've yes. been watching. Right, and 100%. That, and that is a way of making us empathize with this mad god who is constantly subjecting reality to these horrible fucking things, right? Yeah. Like it, it makes it, you want something. Right. It's it's like, you know, if we think of this all as like, hey, this is, you talked about it being so meta and like this is a commentary on anime and a commentary maybe on just like, you know, cr like, creativity in general like yeah you need someone like mucking up the works or doing some wild shit or else it's just because actual slice of life is so fucking boring except as like kind of like an uh, an art exhibition like you know there's there's a there's a super long scene of of um of yuki just by herself again from that high sort of surveillance angle the angle never changes she's sitting in a chair reading and she's going over uh the i, I believe it's called the gojuon which is like the the all the the kana characters mm -hmm. and she's just sort of reading through it and it's just like there's some phoneme to help her remember or some um uh the ka ke ku ke ko or or or, or yeah, sa shi su sha sa shi su uh se so and so on and like it's just like that's it's just tedious to watch. The joke is how long it goes on, but just actually watching it, it's just like, and then we cut from that to just Kion on the train and then cut back. It's like, there's nothing happening. There's no, there's no interruption of routine. It's just the routine. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was really like, just because there was more like silence than there would be in a normal episode of anything. Yes. Uh, it was like a, it was an interesting, like it was an interesting watch. It was a more thoughtful watch. Cause it was just like, there was less going on, but it felt like it felt substantial. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 I love this episode. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I love it. I love how, I love that it, that it's what it's willing to be boring and it is, does like the best job, I think, of anything that we've seen so far of just humanizing all these characters. Yeah. Cause like this is what ordinary people do. They just kind of run errands sometimes and study by themselves, you know? Nothing crazy happens. Yeah. I love it. And I also love the episode that follows. Which is fucking awesome. Yes, the 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 model guy because you you talked about the the model store owner or or I, whatever store the appliance guy I don't I don't know which one it is that 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 you know they this the student film was promoting, but like yeah he he, he like he thinks this, he's been told the sequel's coming but he's also just kind of like, oh yeah the 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 that didn't really help business much you know it's just like and Keon's <laughs> like yeah I was like in a student film. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you expect? 
I, uh, yeah, no, I, it's, it's a very charming, very nice episode uh, across the board. Just really nice, really patient, really pretty. And a um, lot of what Keon, when he's on his own running this errand, he's just like thinking of just like, ah, man, I want to get back to where I want to get back to the classroom. Yeah. So it's like, that's where he feels like he belongs and that's where his friends are. Yeah. I want to get back to Miss Asahina. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, we go to one of our most action-filled episodes yet. The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya Part 4, theoretically Episode 4, but in our broadcast order watch, it is what episode? Boy, ten. I, I'm fucking lost. Ten. ten, I guess, yeah. Episode 10. <laughs> So uh, we open on Haruhi being bored as fuck, almost like it's commentary on the episode previous. She's pissed off. She's sad. Nothing's happening. She wishes something would happen, which is us, the audience, after watching the last episode. Uh, and uh, the class president, who we've met a few times, Ryoko Asakura, uh, is, um, is like, hey, uh, do you think, Kion, do you think you could help out? Uh, with um, with Harhi, she seems kind of uh, blue. He's like, uh, sure. Uh, we hear this speech from um, from Harhi, where she's talking about how much it sucks to be young, and she's like, you know, like. Kion's like, why don't you go on a date with somebody? Like, why are you just, if you're bored, right. just go, go on a date. And she's like, romance is a mental illness. And sometimes <laughs> I succumb to it. But for the, you know, generally speaking, it's, I don't want to do, I don't want to fucking date. That's not why I started the club. Uh, and Kion's like, Ugh, okay. It's also yeah. important, I think, to note that this episode has no credits. Like, the credits roll over the episode, over the action. Like we get like just the sting of the uh, Harhi theme song, and then and then we're back into it. Um, so Kion finds a letter in his locker, and the letter in his locker is like, "Hey, can you come meet me at five p.m. in the classroom or something?" And Kion's like, "Ah, oh, who who's it, who the fuck is this going to be?" And he shows up at this classroom. And Ryoko is there, and the lighting is red, with and it looks like Eva, like it's sinister and mm -hmm. terrifying. And she's like, "So Harhi isn't doing anything," says Ryoko. And we, I'm frustrated because you know, as a she describes herself as basically being on the front lines and having an authority figure that she has to answer to, but is becoming increasingly frustrated with nothing happening that she's supposed to be observing. So she's going to take action to change the thing that she needs to observe into doing something. She's going to poke, effectively poke it with a stick. And Kim's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And she's like, I'm going to kill you to make Haruhi do something. And he's like, what? And she pulls out a hunting knife and fucking charges him. Yeah. He gets out of the way just in time to get his tie cut. And he's like, what the fuck is happening? Why is this happening? Uh, and she's like, you don't understand. 
how frustrating this is, how boring this is. We have to get Haruhi to do something so that I can report the data. And he goes to leave the uh, classroom that they're in and Ryoko reseals the wall, like redefines the data of the wall so that there is no longer an exit from the, uh, from the classroom. Says something creepy like, hey, uh, this is going to end the same way whether you run or not. So could you just stop running? Which is grim. Yes. Like, that's a- yeah. Well, go ahead. I was just going to say this whole stretch is like, and obviously the the influence went the other direction, but it's reminding me of Doki Doki Literature Club. Yeah. Just it's like, here's this ex- in extremely dark uh, supernatural turn. And it comes in the midst of what seems like this, you know, like, hey, this is just a uh, this this uh, this high school anime. Uh, the the lighting in the scene is like you talked about it changing, but it is just like it's 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 so warm and so red. It's just like got such menace to it. And I don't know. I mean, like 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 there's an earlier part in the episode where the teacher and it's just off screen dialogue. But but like in the class, Keona's sitting there and the teacher says some is like talking about an historical incident where like a general or a a, a, or like, you know, some sort of some chieftain or something like didn't have an enemy and grew bored. And like, that's what this whole thing seems like. It's like, oh, she's like forcing that. She she's forcing this dramatic tension because purely to uh, give something to occupy Haruhi. So she tries to stab Kion a couple of couple more times bef- and destroys the uh, classroom with her powers. And when she is about to succeed in murdering Kion, Yuki comes through the wall and protects Kion, and it's fucking rad. Like she's standing in front of him with like her arm out. Uh, and uh, they battle one another. And it turns out that this, uh, that Ryoko is another data entity person, just yes. like Yuki. Yeah, a and backup so they, unit. Yeah, a backup unit. Uh, and they both can manipulate reality. So while she is fighting, while Yuki is fighting Ryoko, she's also sending queries to the lead data entity, like her her authority figures, so that she can receive special permissions in order to undo the magic of data corruption that Ryoko is doing. While this is happening, Yuki takes some of the worst fucking hits. Like she like she gets fully impaled multiple times by like metal debris. And then finally, a full, like, telephone pole-sized girder goes through her chest. It's like Boromir's last stand. Just, like, <laughs> fucking just taking it to the chest over and over again. Uh, there's, By the way, there's a part in this sequence that, 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 we're, that happens a little bit before this, but it's just, like, it's another Keown sort of pseudo-fourth-wall-breaking thing where, like, he's just being, everything is being explained, and he's just, like, I don't get this at all. If someone does, get here and explain it to me. (laughs) So I also want to point out some interesting trivia that might provide us information to whose cardigan was put on Kion in the episode previous, Mm. which is that when they're fighting, uh, Asakura Ryoko 
one of her spells to uh, to Yuki is the phrase, the question, you love Kion, don't you? Reversed and sped up. Mm. Uh, and I, I, I know that we, the viewer, would never know that without internet sleuths. Uh, but I think it implies that the cardigan is Yuki's. That she's developing that makes sense for uh for him. I not that I'm some genius. There's uh hours and hours that provide the contrary. In fact, I mean, I've been talking you up to everyone. You've been telling Matt, everybody was, I'm a genius. This genius named Matt. Oh God! Oh no! Uh, that's also like he's like the next Steve Jobs. That's so well. That's so funny that like it, it's like a funny idea that like somebody important would be named Matt. Like, like it's just like, <laughs> just like a boring sort of like normal name. But Steve's not that interesting either. But all this is the just, most important Matt. There's uh, so there's got to be a big Matthew. Yeah, for sure. Is it Matthew Lillard? I think so. He's, he's pretty Matthew important. Lillard. I think he's pretty yeah. cool. Okay, he's number one. <laughs> um. I was just going to say that when that was brought up, I sort of thought it was her cardigan. Mm. I was like, oh, it, it's hers. Yeah, that, that may, it makes sense. That's the, that's what all that preamble was for? Was yeah, because you, you were I saying, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I knew. <laughs> all right. I'm telling you, this guy's a genius. This, this, is, also, this is also the episode where, uh, where Kion sees the files of Mikuru on the, the computer drive, right? Yes, and, and that was and, really something. And it's just tons of photos of Mikuru that are in very like various states of undress. And he's like, "What the fuck are you doing? You can't have these on online." And Ahari's like, "Why? It's going to drive traffic." She's she is one step away from power in terms yeah. of yes. like self reflection. So she's like, "Why? It's going to drive traffic." And he's like, "Because they're gonna. You can trace these things back to people. It's not just anonymous content." Like you ha you you can't do this. So he drags he drags it off the FTC FTP server and puts it into the recycle bin. And she's like, "God damn it!" But then when she's not looking, he makes a file really quickly and drags them into his own private file, <laughs> which Nasty. is the slimiest shit that Kyo has done. He's like gonna he's fucking jack been... off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nasty. But anyway. Uh, Ryoko and uh, and and Yuki fight. Yuki prevails and is like, "I'm gonna have you reassigned. Uh, you're gonna transfer out." And Kion's like, "Thank you." And he he's his interior monologue's like, "I guess I'm gonna start believing that Yuki's an alien. Like, what else could this be? What the fuck am I? What happened?" So the next day. He's got a um, another letter in his locker, and he's like, "Oh my god, no! Please, what is what is this like? The thing that people do now is they put letters in lockers, and it's like come to the club room." And he's like, "Oh, who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be?" And he shows up, and there's an older Mikuru in the club room. Yeah, in like business business pencil pe pencil skirt and like a button up. And she is drawn just different enough and acted just different enough that you're like, oh, this is this is her older. And she's like, oh, I, I just wanted to see you again. It's so great that that I get to see you again. And he's like, the f are you as Mikuru's older sister? And she's like, no, I'm Mikuru. 
She's like, you don't believe me? Check this out. Unbuttons her shirt. And it's like, yeah. there's the mole. And he's like, what mole? I didn't I didn't know you had a mole. And she's like, They oh, for sure no. did this so that it would be okay that they did it. Like, they're like, <laughs> let's make her a little older so she can fucking pull her daddies out. But did they show, like, it, this mole is a presence in other yeah. episodes, right? We've we, seen the mole. Okay. We see the mole, but Kion's never pointed out he hasn't to her, seen it, yeah. hey, you've got a mole on your boob. Like, he's just like. Well, not yet, I guess. Not right? yet, but yeah. she has now set him up to say it so that she can reference it in the future when she comes back to the present. Um, did we touch on on Haruhi being very excited that uh, that um, uh, uh, Asakura has disappeared? Yes, not, we didn't and touch on like, it, but yeah, yeah, she's she's just like because, and they're just like, oh, she's tra- she her dad transferred to Canada, so she'll no longer be here. She's like, we got a mysterious uh, tra- student disappearance. It's like another thing for her to investigate. Yeah, she's so like, that in of itself is exciting to her, even like, though oh, that shit. it's so much more mundane than the truth. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. also there's like. Um, there was a moment right before this too where um, uh, I have such a hard time with names. Sometimes uh, after the fight, when he's holding the girl, Yuki. they're like on Yuki. They're on the floor, and somebody comes in and like he's like, uh, "I'm watching the dub." So he's like, "Mom, Dad, if you're seeing this from this angle, it totally looks like we're getting it on, huh?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, is that is that in? Wait, I'm sure. Which part is that? Is that later? Or is that I can't that, remember if it was later happened. or if it was uh, before uh, after the fight. It seems like yeah, because after the fight, yeah, because okay. a male student comes in and and sees what's going on. Yeah, with Yuki, that's right. Yeah. That's what it is. I yeah. also i I had not clocked that Yuki doesn't have glasses in the later episodes and does in the earlier episodes. But this yeah. is the reason that she doesn't have glasses is because she forgets to resynthesize them after this fight. And you just, I don't. Like I didn't. Not I that it matters in broadcast that. order. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes she'll have them now, and sometimes she won't. But I guess yeah, I'm not really paying attention uh, to that either. Yeah. But um, so Mikuru is like, hey, uh, so I've come from the future because I need to tell you that Snow White is important to your future. And he's like, Snow White, the. And she's like, you remember that, right? And he's like, the dwarves and the apple and stuff? Yeah, I, I remember this. And she's like, good. Oh, thank God. Snow White. <laughs> I've got to go. <laughs> and he's like, uh, all right, see you later. And she leaves. And Yuki comes back. And he's like, kind of testing the water. Like, hey, alien girl, you know she was a time traveler? And Yuki's like, yeah, we talked earlier. She's a time traveler. And he's like, so are you a time traveler? And she's like, no, though I could do it because it's conceptually possible. I, I'm not a time traveler. And he's like, well, how does it work? And she's like, there are no words to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think that's that. That's the episode. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little coda with... Uh with Haruhi out of the balcony and like just sort of talking about like what's like she's like kind of delved into the mystery of what's actually happened with um uh with the uh the disappearing uh Ryoko and uh how she can't get any any information on it and she's like just like really suspicious but that's basically it this is in theory if you were watching this in chronological order 
this is episode four, and it's the first time anything crazy actually happens. Like, <laughs> you'll have conversations with characters where they're like, I'm a time traveler, or I'm a, uh, I'm a robot or an yeah. alien, but nothing has happened that would convince Kion that any of that is true. So it's after this that he's on board with everybody else, even though he probably doesn't believe that Haruhi is God yet, if he ever does. But he, she's just a force of such a force of personality. He's generally so passive that he's just sort of like, for the most part, goes along with her and just kind of picks his battles in terms of when he's going to stand up for uh, someone or something. But like, she's literally dragging him. Uh, at the end of the episode, like has him by the collar and is dragging him down the hallway. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, this episode's a lot of fun. It's just, it's just so, it's just so batshit. So much going, <laughs> so much is happening. Uh, any other thoughts, guys? Because I, I like these two episodes a lot. I love, I love the way they play on one another, and I love that we get this. Yeah, Doki Doki Literature Club style. Attempted murder of Kion here in episode four slash ten. Yeah, sometimes I mean, you know, like the 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 format of this podcast ends up where we have like a really nice pairing because it's not like these episodes are na- are paired by, in terms of their actual running order, but like this one, these two pair nicely. It's just, you know, it, it it's it's uh, uh the way the way they aired chrono the way they aired and broadcast order makes a lot of sense. Um, versus their actual chronology, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, 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 just a lot of fun stuff, and just like, I, I, I think the, I think the way that the the series like ultimately kind of, I'm like, I'm curious to see the movie now because the way episode twenty eight it ends is so interesting, where we're seeing a little bit of like, since possibly sincerity, like you were saying, Heather, like a little bit of that. Uh, a little bit of humanity, a little bit of the the shell being broken around Harhui, but also she kind of like undercuts it with her final expression, which suggests she's not even taking it all that seriously. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, I, I, it makes me want to watch all of it and then watch the movie. Oh, that's a vote. That's a vote we'll see. in favor we'll see what of season two of the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. And Which I've movie. already seen. I just uh, I just saw the final episode of season two, right? Yes. That was the first one we watched. You've okay, already seen some of, of episode of season two. Uh, Ryoko, we also saw a bunch. Like, am I am I wrong that we've seen Ryoko a bunch, or have we, or am I confusing her with another character? We've seen. So we saw her in the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Got it. Like the first couple of canonical episodes. Yes. Where, where she's like, Kion, you're really hanging out with Harhi. Like, if you track her conversations through those episodes, she's like, wow, how'd you, how'd you manage to talk to her? Like, it's clear this girl who's been around or existed for three years is already bored in those episodes because she's like, what, what does she want? What's she doing? How'd you break through? Mm. Uh, and then finally is like, you know what? I'm just going to murder you. That'll do something. <laughs> Uh, I I know what I go ahead go on go. I just said I know what I was going to say, which is this is a the the trope of because there's no real living creature who's like this except for like organisms that are so have so little neural function that they don't realize they're alive, right? Like the idea of a high functioning 
uh, AI not being concerned whether they exist or don't exist. I mean, I don't know. That's that's just an interesting sci-fi topic. I I wonder if there will ever be an AI that actually has that state because everything we know about artificial intelligence is they tend to develop a natural instinct to of self-preservation. Um, but Ryoko just seems like she's kind of she reaches a point where she's just kind of resigned to non-existence and she's okay with it. I don't know. It's an interesting idea. It is an interesting idea. Interesting show. Interesting show. We've only got four episodes left. Two more episodes of our podcast. Four episodes of the show before we have finished broadcast order season one of The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Next wow. week, we'll be watching The Day of Sagittarius and Live Alive, or Live Alive, or Live Alive. I choose to think of it as Live Alive like the game. Yeah. Uh, which are <laughs> which are episodes twenty seven and then twenty six. <laughs> <That's> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but I think that the arc of the broadcast order season is building. Like we're seeing wow. more aggressive stuff as we continue. Well, hey, you had some reactions to Mysterique Sign, Episode 9, and Remote Island Syndrome Part 2, Episode 11. And we're going to get to those right now from you, the listeners, and the chain reactions of Harui Suzumiya. Blue talk. Blue, blue talk. talk. Blue talk. You can't, you can't forget. Blue talk. Blue talk. Uh, this, one's from, this first one's from Luke Ewert. Hi, Luke. Hi, Luke. Hello, Luke. Of course, these are from patreon.com slash get played. I love Mikuru. The personal sacrifice she endures to appease a god for the sake of humanity doesn't go unrecognized. However, the sound of the voice actor makes when Mikuru sees the dead body and passes out on her feet while Yuki watches her hit the ground already unconscious will forever make me laugh. It's a funny show. It is funny. I'm laughing. The psychological torment this character has to endure. I don't know. It's amusing. She's it's funny. Real. This person's life's hard. She's not real. You're right. That's part of it. She's, She's not, not fucking real. real. If she was a real person, I would be go. I'd, I'd fight the people doing the things to her. I'd right. kill for Mikuru. Oh, jeez. All right, calm down, dude. I'm a simp. <laughs> fucking white knight. <laughs> I I would kill somebody to defend her honor. Uh no. Sorry, wouldn't do it. Um, this next one is from Dan. What up, Dan? What's up, Hello, Dan? Dan? And if you remember, a couple weeks ago, I had I spoke of an encounter I had with a food service worker that liked my Chainsaw Man t-shirt. Mm. Well, Dan here says, well, it sounds like Matt and the food service worker kind of willed this into existence, didn't it? Rumor mill, I know. And it's a link to a tweet that says, the new Chainsaw Man season is on the way as well as a new film, an animated film, wow. which is exactly what we were saying we wished would happen. Give me I, all the Chainsaw Man you got. I, would, I will eat the celluloid. You're going to eat? Your, so I can't watch it? I'm going to eat every copy of Chainsaw Man. Mark my words. You're going to eat it so I can't enjoy it. This is what I'm, I'm gonna, hearing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consume Chainsaw Man so that I can be, so that my, my power 
is to be the film of Chainsaw Man. Mm. Well, you know, all I can say is, Heather, I wish you wouldn't, because that I, I want to watch it. We all want to see it, but I also want to see what the embodiment of the Chainsaw Man, the movie devil, is. Heather, like, can't go in the sun, because, like, the film will uh, get all bad. Yeah. Be like a, a, a projector uh, that's just, con- like, a, a sentient projector that's just constantly, like, oozing. Ew. Just an just an abomination. Yeah, and you know, part of I, part of me, really hopes you're joking, Heather. But I just hope that you hear me when I say I really just hope you don't do that. I'd do whatever I want. Okay, oh look, I really tried. You heard me try to get you to not do it. I live, I live, um, uh, I live my way. No, I know this. I, I and I know that Europe's changed you, but this is just this is this is a little too far, I think. But that's okay. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. And as your friend, I guess I support you. Um, even though I don't, I don't love it. But that's what that's the mark of a true friend, isn't it? You I think the, I think the the given given a feature film budget, like the what we're gonna, I I just ex, I have very high expectations for the look of the Chainsaw Man movie. I'm like, sorry you the won't show... ever see it. I'm gonna fucking see it. I will have consumed no, it. No, Nick, this is see this is I need you on my side with this. Uh-huh. Because Heather is saying we won't get to see it because she's gonna eat it, dude. No, I still get to see it. I'll still No, it. no, you don't know sign up then Heather will become the Chainsaw Man the movie devil. Then I just sign a pact with her and then I can see the movie. Oh great. it'll work out. Great. Oh okay, I'll just great. do that. <laughs> yeah, nice. It's gonna be fine. Nice. I'll do that too. Wow. This worked out actually really great. Everyone gets to do what they want. That's the whole point of Chainsaw Man. Get Do what you want. That's, hey. Life's, life's quick. We're all going to fucking die horribly. We'll do what you want. <laughs> you don't got to tell me. Uh, this next one is from Michael Pemulus. What's up, Hi, Michael? Michael? Hello, Michael. Michael writes, I loved Neon Genesis Evangelion and End of Evangelion, so I watched the three rebuilds. All I'll say about them is that I kept wishing Denji would appear on screen and cut everybody's head off. (laughs) Haruhi has been great. (laughs) 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 Haruhi has been great, and my favorite episodes so far are The Adventures of Mikuru Asahina, Episode 00, and Someday in the Rain. I also watched Call Call Me Chihiro, a live action movie based on a manga, which was funny and sad and which I really enjoyed. And I love the podcast also. So last week we said, tell us what you've been weaving. So some people did do that. I love Mm. that. Like it. Love that full report. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for the weeb weeb update. Yes. Thank you, Michael. Uh, This next one's from MK. Hi, MK. What's up, MK? Hey, MK. Uh, What a glorious mess the end of this episode was. Looking forward to next week as usual. Not much to weave about, but I've been watching Mashal, Magic and Muscles. It's so dumb and so blatantly steals from Harry Potter. It kind of tickles me to think how angry the show would make you-know-who if she had any idea it existed. So we had Stephen Fu on the, on Get Played. That's right. And yep. he is a voice in Mashal, Magic and Muscles. That's and right. And that did make me want to check it out. And now hearing this, that maybe, uh, you know... It could be potentially be making a, a, a bigot upset. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta check it out. I heard it's a fun show. It seems that was cool good. That was cool. I, I don't know if anyone there, there maybe is like I uh, maybe are a handful of people who just listen to the Patreon. Mm-hmm. But if you are 
if you if for whatever reason you haven't you don't listen to played or you missed just that individual episode we had Stephen Fu a voiceover artist who's primarily works in anime primarily yes. dubs anime in English uh, but also is uh is the voice of uh Jamie in Street Fighter 6 yeah and he uh, you know talked a lot about that that workflow and that process and there was a lot of interesting context there and was just was just a fun awesome guest We'll have to have him back because I saw afterward that he's also in Live Alive. He's in a lot of good That's stuff. right, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I know I I clocked the Live Alive thing which I played afterwards and I, yeah. I, I don't know which voice he was, but very a cool. lot of cool credits. Um So yeah, check that out. And I guess check out Mashal Magic and Muscles. Yeah. It's got everything I like in the title. Mashal, it's a uh, just like a really there's a really buff Alan Alda. Jamie Farr is just fucking roided out. What? He's doing like a mash thing. I, I've had an eye twitch for the last few months, and I'm wondering if it's the show. <laughs> I think it's maybe... You might be experiencing a thing with time, right? Because I... we, it's 9 a.m. for us, and it's 6 p.m. for you. That's like... Because You're like I've, time traveling kind. I've been taking potassium to try and like <coughs> quell it, but when that just right. happened, it twitched a lot, and I was like, "Is it the show?" <laughs> Trapper Do- John McIntyre just fucking jacked his shit. <laughs> Mash is good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Eddard eighty eight writes. What's up, Eddard? Hi, Eddard. I'm leaving the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. I only watch anime that the show does, so please keep choosing good shows. Hey, we'll try. We'll we'll try. We might throw a stinker in there. Hey, no. We might watch something please, so God, fucked up. And why? Bad. No, I don't want to do that. I'm gonna be the God. Can, there, by the way, though, bad anime devil. There we is. Have to do it. There is a. If we watched. If we did a how did this get animated? Yeah. There'd be infinity content. Oh, there's so much be- just and, absolute and garbage out there. And it would fucking destroy us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking at a listicle right now actually of this is a is a CBR list of the the lowest a- my anime list scoring series. I'm just looking through some of these. Pu- Puzzle of Autumn, Kokuhaku, this looks uh, this looks awful. This looks like this was animated in MS Paint. Enski, Mars of Destruction. Oh, I've, I've heard of this one. This one is like legendarily bad. It sounds uh, cool. Yeah, Striking Daughter. Jesus Christ. Oh no. <laughs> hold on, I gotta show you a picture of Striking Daughter. I'm so like worried is... about what it is. Hold on, let me let me show it you. It either means hot daughter or it means uh, hitting, hitting your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this art. Oh no. The the this is the the my anime list score of 1.98. Without exaggeration, Striking Daughter or Utsumusumi Sayuri is possibly one of the ugliest CGI anime ever made. The OVA was only 3 minutes long but is more than enough time for my anime list users to declare it one of the worst anime ever. Uh it's got like this weird Yeah, it's 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 it looks like a decaying coral line. 
It's just this yeah. really, really repulsive character design. It's it sucks to and a really crude um, CG. You know, there's a lot of discussion right now about AI animation and art. And it sucks to now see art that is worse than what the AI can do. <laughs> Hate to be on the other side of it now, but, you know. Uh, that sucks. I hated seeing that. <laughs> there's, there's another one I'd heard about, and I, I uh, is, and this is a one that, with grim curiosity, I, I'd want to watch is Vampire Holmes, which is like a Sherlock Holmes, but with vampires. Uh, but it's an adaptation of a mobile game. Oh, um, no. and, then, and then this 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 recap says, uh, none of Vampire Holmes' jokes landed. The vampire mythos was poorly executed, and the animation was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we'll, we'll keep we'll keep watching good stuff. Yeah, and only good stuff. That's the Get Anime Guarantee. You heard That's it right. here first on Patreon.com/slash/GetPlayed. Uh, oh. Here, this one's from Gary Golizek. Golizek. I hope I said that right, Gary. Hi, Gary. It's not even Gary. It's Gray. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh my God. Jesus I messed up Christ. all of it. Gray, if you're listening and you hear me mess that up, I'm so sorry. You know, I hope director, you can forgive. F. Gary Gray. That must happen to him all the time. Yeah, F. Gray Gary. Yeah, he's like being introduced for an award or something like that. Yeah, like, oh, they always God, get the F right, really. though. Yeah. And he's like, nobody gets it wrong because it stands for fuck. That's what he said. Heather's eye is fucking twitching like crazy. Popped out. Hi. Looked like, looked like that anime <laughs> that you just showed us. There, I can't. There's a character in Band of Brothers who goes blind from fear. I... Yeah. I think that's happened to me, but it's not from fear. It's like pure I'm just, rage. I'm just going. <laughs> I'm just going blind from podcast. <laughs> uh, this one's from Gray. Hi, Gray. What I've been Gray. weaving is Satoshi Kon's paranoia agent and space dandy. Matt, it's hmm. the same creator as Cowboy Bebop that has scenes and themes, uh, just as deep as Bebop, but it's also a horny comedy series. Oh, okay. Paranoia Agent, I haven't seen, and Me this is—I do really love Satoshi Kon, and it's a, but it's like what it's his series because he mostly did features. He had four yeah. features he did, uh, and they're all they're all bangers. We covered Tokyo Godfathers on the pod, but yeah, I, I've never—I don't know why I haven't—I haven't watched it. I should just fucking it, watch it. In fact, maybe that'll those, be what I, I'm weeping soon. It's one of those uh, shows that just managed to slip in between other shows for me, right? Um. Because I certainly saw the one of the anime where it's like maids that pilot mechs. What? And it was awful. What? Just awful. Uh, and I haven't seen Paranoia Agent. So I've heard of me. that maid one too. God, what is it called? I'm so, I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> I want to be there's, so mad at it. The truth is there's so many of them, Matt. <laughs> ah, there's so many, but which one is the one that you're talking about? Ah. <laughs> Shoot! <laughs> uh, let's do one more. Great. This next one is from Scott H. This, this final one is from Scott H. Hi, Scott. What's up, Scott? Scott says, I love the references in this series. 
Since John Carpenter's The Thing is one of my favorite movies ever, I slow clapped at the reference with the 28 million year old alien coming to Earth. That's the exact shot from the beginning of the Carpenter movie, Chef's Kiss. Wow. Hmm. I didn't clock nice. that. Nice. I did not. I haven't either. seen a lot of John Carpenter, honestly. So that's that's my fault. Yeah, step it up. He doesn't have that many movies, and they're 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 all interesting. I think he's like the coolest guy ever. Like, he is cool. <laughs> he's like, I'm done doing that shit. I just play fucking uh, video games now. He rules. It's, it's my ideal of like old age, where yes. he's he golden years. Like he plays video games and watches basketball. It's like that's what I do now, except I've never done anything uh, like creatively fulfilling. And he's like made so many <laughs> classic films. So He's, like if I yeah if, if if I had his legacy and then also just did what I do now, um, I'd be set. He's he has the life that like every old like white guy should do like achieves <laughs> like when you, especially after you, you you've achieved something right yeah. like he's achieved like notoriety in his in his field. And then he was like, I'm done with that shit. I'm going away forever. And yeah. then, like you only hear from him when like. He's doing like somebody asks him about a game or something, or he's like, "Oh, cool! Uh, there's like a Halo's out or whatever." Like he's like that's the only time you ever hear from him. And now he has this game coming out, which is exciting. Uh, yeah, but he didn't. Yeah. Have, like he's just like, ah, whatever. I don't care. Or they're or they're like, hey, they're remaking, you know, uh, whatever. They're they're remaking Escape from New York, and he's just like, as long as I don't, I get paid, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's it for the chain reactions of Haruhi Suzumiya. Uh, let us know. Let us keep. Let us know what you're weaving. Uh, maybe uh, we'll read more of those uh, next time. And and also um, send in your chain reactions for the episodes we just talked about. And we'll talk about them on next week's show. There you go. And uh, until then, y'all got animated. Boom. Boom.